Section 16 of The Elements of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Esther. The Elements of Geology by William Harmon Norton. Section 16. Chapter 10. Earthquakes. Any sudden movement of the rocks of the crust as when they tear apart, when a fissure is formed or extended, or slip from time to time along a growing fault, produces a jar called an earthquake, which spreads in all directions from the place of disturbance. THE CHARLESTON EARTHQUAKE On the evening of August 31, 1886, the city of Charleston, South Carolina, was shaken by one of the greatest earthquakes which has occurred in the United States. A slight tremor, which rattled the windows, was followed a few seconds later by a roar, as of subterranean thunder, as the main shock passed beneath the city. Houses swayed to and fro, and their heaving floors overturned furniture and threw persons off their feet, as, dizzy and nauseated, they rushed to the doors for safety. In sixty seconds a number of houses were completely wrecked, fourteen thousand chimneys were toppled over, and in all the city scarcely a building was left without serious injury. In the vicinity of Charleston, railways were twisted and trains derailed. Fissures opened in the loose superficial deposits, and in places spouted water mingled with sand from shallow underlying aquifers. The point of origin or focus of the earthquake was inferred from subsequent investigations to be a rent in the rocks about twelve miles beneath the surface. From the center of greatest disturbance, which lay above the focus, a few miles northwest of the city, the surface shock traveled outward in every direction, with decreasing effects, at the rate of nearly two hundred miles per minute. It was felt from Boston to Cuba, and from eastern Iowa to the Bermudas, over a circular area whose diameter was a thousand miles. An earthquake is transmitted from the focus through the elastic rocks of the crust, as a wave or series of waves, of compression and rarefaction, much as a sound wave is transmitted through the elastic medium of the air. Each earth particle vibrates with exceeding swiftness, but over a very short path. The swing of a particle in firm rock seldom exceeds one-tenth of an inch in ordinary earthquakes, and when it reaches one-half of an inch and an inch, the movement becomes dangerous and destructive. The velocity of earthquake waves, like that of all elastic waves, varies with the temperature and elasticity of the medium. In the deep, hot, elastic rocks they speed faster than in the cold and broken rocks near the surface. The deeper the point of origin, and the more violent the initial shock, the faster and farther do the vibrations run. Great earthquakes, caused by some sudden displacement or some violent rending of the rocks, shake the entire planet. Their waves run through the body of the earth at the rate of about 350 miles a minute, and more slowly round its circumference, registering their arrival at opposite sides of the globe on the exceedingly delicate instruments of modern earthquake observatories. Geological Effects even great earthquakes seldom produce geological effects of much importance. Landslides may be shaken down from the sides of mountains and hills, and cracks may be opened in the surface deposits of plains, 
but the transient shiver which may overturn cities and destroy thousands of human lives runs through the crust and leaves it much the same as before. Earthquakes attending great displacements. Great earthquakes frequently attend the displacement of large masses of the rocks of the crust. In 1822, the coast of Chile was suddenly raised three or four feet, and the rise was five or six feet a mile inland. In 1835, the same region was again upheaved from two to ten feet. In each instance, a destructive earthquake was felt for 1,000 miles along the coast. The Great California Earthquake of 1906 A sudden dislocation occurred in 1906 along an ancient fault plain which extends for 300 miles through western California. The vertical displacement did not exceed four feet, while the horizontal shifting reached a maximum of 20 feet. Fences, rows of trees, and roads which crossed the fault were broken and offset. The latitude and longitude of all points over thousands of square miles were changed. On each side of the fault, the earth blocks moved in opposite directions, the block on the east moving southward and that on the west moving northward and to twice the distance. East and west of the fault, the movements lessened with increasing distance from it. This sudden slip set up an earthquake lasting 65 seconds, followed by minor shocks recurring for many days. In places the jar shook down the waste on steep hillsides, snapped off or uprooted trees, and rocked houses from their foundations or threw down their walls or chimneys. The water mains of San Francisco were broken, and the city was thus left defenseless against a conflagration which destroyed $500 million worth of property. The destructive effects varied with the nature of the ground. Buildings on firm rock suffered least, while those on deep alluvium were severely shaken by the undulations, like water waves into which the loose material was thrown. Well-braced steel structures, even of the largest size, were earthquake-proof, and buildings of other materials, when honestly built and intelligently designed to withstand earthquake shocks, usually suffered little injury. The length of the intervals between severe earthquakes in western California shows that a great dislocation so relieves the stresses of the adjacent earth blocks that scores of years may elapse before the stresses again accumulate and cause another dislocation. Perhaps the most violent earthquake which ever visited the United States attended the Depression, in 1812, of a region 75 miles long and 30 miles wide, near New Madrid, Missouri. Much of the area was converted into swamps and some into shallow lakes, while a region 20 miles in diameter was bulged up athwart the channel of the Mississippi. Slight quakes are still felt in this region from time to time, showing that the strains to which the dislocation was due have not yet been fully relieved. Earthquakes Originating Beneath the Sea Many earthquakes originate beneath the sea, and in a number of examples they seem to have been accompanied, as soundings indicate, by local subsidences of the ocean bottom. There have been instances where the displacement has been sufficient to set the entire Pacific Ocean pulsating for many hours. In mid-ocean the wave, thus produced, has a height of only a few feet, while it may be 200 miles in width. 
on shores near the point of origin destructive waves two or three score feet in height roll in and on coasts thousands of miles distant the expiring undulations may still be able to record themselves on tidal gauges distribution of earthquakes every half hour some considerable area of the earth's surface is sensibly shaken by an earthquake but earthquakes are by no means uniformly distributed over the globe as we might infer from what we know as to their causes earthquakes are most frequent in regions now undergoing deformation such are young rising mountain ranges fault lines where readjustments recur from time to time and the slopes of suboceanic depressions whose steepness suggests that subsidence may there be in progress earthquakes often of extreme severity frequently visit the lofty and young ranges of the andes while they are little known in the subdued old mountains of brazil the highlands of scotland are crossed by a deep and singularly straight depression called the great glen which has been excavated along a very ancient line of dislocation the earthquake which occur from time to time in this region such as the inverness earthquake in eighteen ninety one are referred to slight slips along this fault plain in japan earthquakes are very frequent more than a thousand are recorded every year and twenty-nine world-shaking earthquakes occurred in the three years ending with nineteen o one they originate for the most part well down on the eastern flank of the earthfold whose summit is the mountainous crest of the islands and which plunges steeply beneath the sea to the abyss of the tuscarora deep minor causes of earthquakes since any concussion within the crust sets up an earth jar there are several minor causes of earthquakes such as volcanic explosions and even the collapse of the roofs of caves the earthquakes which attend the eruption of volcanoes are local even in the case of the most violent volcanic paroxysms known when the top of a volcano has been blown to fragments the accompanying earth shock has sometimes not been felt more than twenty-five miles away depth of focus the focus of the charleston earthquake estimated at about twelve miles below the surface was exceptionally deep volcanic earthquakes are particularly shallow and probably no earthquakes known have started at a greater depth than fifteen or twenty miles this distance is so slight compared with the earth's radius that we may say that earthquakes are but skin deep should you expect the velocity of an earthquake to be greater in a peneplain or in a river delta after an earthquake piles on which buildings rested were found driven into the ground and chimneys crushed at base from what direction did the shock come chimneys standing on the south walls of houses toppled over on the roof should you infer that the shock in this case came from the north or south how should you expect a shock from the east to affect pictures hanging on the east and the west walls of a room how the pictures hanging on the north and the south walls in parts of the country as in southwestern wisconsin slender erosion pillars or monuments are common what inference could you draw as to the occurrence in such regions of severe earthquakes in the recent past End of section 16